a little place, a little place called Aspen. This is the gondola cast with Andrew Wicks. Bellchair Diaries? Bellchair Diaries. <laughs> Doing something a little different. December 15th, we're cruising beneath the gondola on the good old bell chair. I'm with Coulter Hinchcliffe, skier extraordinaire, local boy. First off, you want some of this local homegrown? You know I sure do, Wicks. Thanks for having me. It's getting kind of wet with the snow, so pull. Coulter, uh, you've been skiing for a living lately. Yeah, I am lucky enough to say that that's true. It's kind of funny, actually. Every little kid's dream. When people ask me what I do, I try to... Here's a lighter. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think some... I kind of downplay it, because it sounds kind of ridiculous. Oh, I just ski. It's like, ah, how the hell is that a job? And I am lucky enough that I can call it a job, um, at least in the winter times. So I'm not like making enough money to buy a house or stack money away for my future, but I'm sustaining a pretty awesome lifestyle, so yeah. Skiing for a living. How's that? Has, living for skiing, really. <laughs> has maybe sacrificing a little bit of the money earning for the sake of skiing, I think I know the answer to this, but has that has that been worth it to you? Yeah, for sure, but it, there's definitely, like, the creeping fear, you know, always in the back of your head, like, well, how how long is this sustainable? And, like, what when I do want to buy a house and, like, have a family. But, you know what, I think that that'll all work out one needs to and it's, it doesn't really take that much money to, to do that stuff. I've seen so many of my friends just you can just do it kind of put your head down. Yeah. Totally. How old are you these days? I am thirty four. So yeah that's the thing. It's like my, my clock's a ticking. But uh yeah skiing's still as fun as ever. I love it so much and I also love climbing a shit ton in the summer and I'm starting to surf a lot lately and it's just being outside doing this awesome stuff. Yeah, it's what life's all about to me, you know? What do you, I mean, what do you think you want to do after, after skiing? I'll get, let you get that lit a little better. So I did, I grew that right here, 8,500 feet, outdoors, Aspen. Took that blast of a snowstorm in September, and you're still enjoying it. Wow. So it's, uh, it's well, good, you. good for the body. Thank you for sharing it. My uh, pleasure. As far as after skiing, I kind of want to keep somehow making skiing the job you know and whether that's even I always feel like ski patrol would be a good fallback my brother was ski patrol last year up here and I think it's a fun like really fun way to have missions that you're doing in your ski boots and you're out here and you're dealing with the mountain more than people and you're also keeping the people stoked and uh, so I think that's like a fallback plan and then the guide stuff is another avenue I'm kind of exploring more in the summertime with with climbing guiding so I'm not willing to spend my ski time guiding because I'm too busy doing it for myself right now but yeah those couple things along with maybe some photography I don't know trying to piece it all together nice don't you think you'd have a hard time being the rookie on any ski patrol force they'd be like all right we're gonna go bomb these two feet of steep runs and you go put pads on those uh bunny hill chairs you'd be like damn it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know it seems like here on Ajax you know my brother got into it last year and got straight into it, it was doing really cool stuff and then the medical stuff behind that is also a lot of stuff to learn. So I think if you get on the right crew, it seems like it could be a lot of fun throwing bombs as soon as I can. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's priority. Yeah. When's the last time you were on the bell chair? 
Oh, probably closing day two years ago because they do the, the bump off thing down uh, the Ridge Bell. It's always super fun, so we always ride it then. But yeah, I don't hop on this chair very often, but they just opened Bell today for the first time this year. So sick. We got it first run, choker deep right under the chair. And uh, since it's COVID times, the gondola is jammed up. So we hopped on 1A and ended up on the other side of the mountain. We realized the only way we can really lap Bell is to ride the classic Bell chair. Did you steal my lighter? Oh, I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> I got two in here now. It's a... I really need to look up what year the this chair got put in here. It's just I know you can reminisce on some really old times. I bet a lot of a lot of eyes have passed over this Probably terrain. Probably the fifties, if not even earlier. Ah, fifties sounds about appropriate. I just don't know if they would have put this if this is any updated version. Obviously, it is, right? It's not wood and crickety, but yeah. What's yeah, the craziest right. trick you've done on the on this run we're approaching this? steep face. Uh, so we're coming up on the ridge here. Boyd's bumps at the top. Done some backflips off that bad boy. Backflip mute crabs. Keeping it classic. It's pretty scary doing a flip off that bump because you just land into like a thousand feet of moguls right below it. <laughs> it's like old school mogul skiing. Yeah, totally. Like send a trick and the landing are the bumps. You have to pick one like nine away to just hope you get in there. Skip to it. Yeah. But it's actually never as bad. We're always you know, a few beers deep by the time we hit Boyd's Bump, so it's never that scary. <laughs> There's no other way to hit that one. Now, if it's a warm spring day and you're doing something like Boyd's Bumps, are you in denim or fluorescent? I'm more of a fluorescent guy, yeah. I don't own much denim, and I don't know what my outfit is. It's usually kind of just whatever I can, like, scavenge last minute. Whatever you're wearing for the night before. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> it's crazy with COVID that we're going to, I mean, we missed it last year, and we'll miss it again this year, the spring closing. Maybe we'll get it back this year, maybe. But the spring closing parties are so much fun, you know? They are a good time. Yeah, it was kind of weird to have that stripped away. Problem is they'd be so savage this year with all the uh, pent-up energy from yeah, I the, know. the COVID breakdown. Um, what would you say is it, what's your most proud moment on skis? Proud moment on skis. Probably... You know, one that really works for kind of a story is uh, at the bottom of Dr. Seuss, which is this line in AK that pretty much opened up my whole ski career for me. It's a pretty sick spine wall that you have to like ski right to left, and um, Sage has skied it, Jeremy skied it, Xavier skied it, I've skied it, and I don't know how many more people have besides us, but I don't think too many. And the first time I skied it, I didn't realize that Sage had already skied it when I first looked at it and I was like to my guide, I really want to ski that. And he's like, tell me how you do it. And I was like, told him how, and he's like, yeah, that works. Let's come back tomorrow. And I was like, oh, okay. Go home and watch a video of Sage ski it. And was totally blown away. Anyways, I'm getting off, off track here, but that really helped me ski it well. Either way, at the bottom of- uh, Were you getting filmed? Yeah, so uh, my buddy Lexi DuPont and, uh, sorry. Lexi DuPont and my buddy Leo Ahrens were filming me from afar. We were just like filming each other this whole trip with Will, with Will Whit with Will Wisman hanging out of the um, heli with the doors off shooting photos and Reggie Christ right beside him with the red. Um, so it was just this super bare bones, like friends filming friends moment. And uh, I didn't really know what it meant when it happened, but I skied this line and I skied it really, really well. I got going faster on the line than I meant to and was skipping down and across these spines and somehow 
stomped it. It was this like moment where like, I'm gonna eat shit and this is gonna be really bad, so you can't eat shit. And I just remember pressing my tail super hard and getting over onto the next spine and down. And uh, funny thing is that what you'll never see in the film is I dropped my pole, I think, at the bottom coming out and tried to go back in and get it and got wiped out by my wet slough and stuff. It was pretty awesome, but it was all kind of after the line because it ends in this gully. But anyways, when I got done with that line, I was just so stoked, like hooting and hollering into the camera. And in the end, that line ended up getting used in the TGR movie that year that really opened the doors to my ski career 10 wow. years ago. That's cool. Long-winded story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, that's what I want. Like, we got time. We're on the bell chair. Go ahead. <laughs> Reminisce. Um, I, for me, you're, in a way, you, whether you know it or not, you're kind of a little bit of a North Star for me when I think back. We grew up skiing off and on together. You're, where'd you go to school? Basalt? Yeah, Basalt High School, 04. You're Aspen, probably a little later than me. 06, yep. But always skiing together, you know, there's a lot of really exceptional and talented skiers around here at that time. And obviously everyone's dream to kind of go forward with that. Um, and I've always thought it interesting, your, your perseverance. I've talked to you before, and you said, you know, I'm, yeah. The money's not coming in, but I'm I'm doing what I love, and I know sometimes there's a struggle, but it's it's a nice story of perseverance. You you kind of put your your eyes on it, you know. Here you are in your mid 30s, getting to to ski and make a living, and and you've been able to travel a lot. So I've yeah, got no. this kind of idea in my head of you reminded me of what perseverance can be. Well, it's funny because growing up I'm skiing with you guys in the park, you guys were all better than me. <laughs> and I kept going, and here I am. But I think, you know, we were all skiing in the park back then, and that's... But that helped you. That helped me a lot. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, being able to do trees and flat spins is pretty much all I have to do. And ski some pow, and, you know, ski some big lines. Whoop, whoop, it's gnarly down there. So you got a nice cork seven. Yeah, yeah, got, got that one. Flat three. What's working a trick? Working on the Switch 5. Real, I've been working on it for my whole... That and the 720, I've been working on it for my whole life. And Seven, I've got. Yeah, BG. Oh, oh. Colt. Damn good, you. So, Get it. I was gonna ask you what tricks have been elusive to you for your career. Would yeah, the would those be five, in? dude. The switch seven five. comes and goes, but I've got it in the bag most of the time nowadays, I think. But the switch five, I often over rotate into a switch seven, and the reason I want that trick is because I can go off switch on something we flick, pat it down, manicured, sure. but then land in the natural train, which you don't want to do going backwards yeah. generally. Sounded like a wild tribe of Comanches coming out of the cuts, just ready to hit hard. Got my friend down there, Alexandra. My decker, get it, girl. So it seems like up here there's four to fourteen inches. Yeah. A crazy spread, right? Yeah, I mean, We're, that's early season. We got like ground heat that's melting some stuff out, and wind that's blowing some stuff off, and blowing it into other spots, and. I mean, I think about a week ago, I was in Mexico surfing, so I'm not sure, but it seemed like there was no snow. And uh, so I got right. here right as it was snowing, and it kind of hasn't stopped, you know? Yeah. It's been great. A couple feet down. I mean, we, we needed this pretty bad. These days are my favorite days of the season when it's before the tourists are here. There's no moguls. When they open a run, it's like this fresh, natural feeling. 
know, it's so high and the snow is cold. The days are dark and beautiful. I just love it. So glad we're getting some in. It's just a shame that it started so late, but better late than never. You and I right now, the people that you you grew up skiing with. We, we reached out. And stuff like that. And now you're still back out here on a playing field again. Said we wanted to get on the on the gondola cast, but guessing that the line is pretty huge with COVID restrictions you know and local stoke. I, I see one person in that bucket. I hate the gondola. <laughs> That's something I'm... You hate of, the gondola? I'm kind of vocal about it. I mean, I obviously love the gondola. I've had a lot of really great memories and times skiing off the gondola. But the idea of a gondola being all like in this capsule, no like staring at each other, having to talk, which is nice. You've heard I, too many I European see to, stories. I see to look at the mountains and fucking be in solace. Trying to make the gondola great again, and uh, it was fun riding this bear, the bell chair. I think we're getting a little bit windy. Yeah, I'm getting a little cold too. I'm a little bit chilly. Fish you in the gondola. Well, let's have a good rip, man. Good luck with the with the season, and good luck with everything ahead. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me on your cast, bro. Gondola cast out. Bell cast. Cheers. And definitely usually less windy here on the couch. So either a nice second ride and also first gondola cast ever on the couch. Or, just, or it's too windy on the first ride and we still got one in anyway. We're making some news today. We're making news. We're doing news. That was good. What did we just ski? We skied back too because... I don't think you can call someone on the gondola cast. People oh, dude. might turn us off. No, it's going to be sick. <laughs> We're going to have a guest appearance by my brother. Yo, dude. Up. Where are you? Uh, almost to the top three. Nice. I just got on the couch. You want to wait for me at the top? It's going to be like 10 minutes. Sure. I also am probably going to chill up there because they might open a Walsh's. You should ask some of your team buddies. Yeah, I'll just put my head in there. All right, cool. And then let's just wait for it to open rather than coming back down and having to get back up. Okay. Okay. See you at the top. You know, I need have to get back up. Brother sounds real energized this morning. <laughs> <laughs> He's a new dad. He's oh. got a six-month-old baby. He's been keeping him up at least the last two or three nights. Um, he used to ski patrol up here last year, but he's a fire fireman in Grand Junction now, and he can't get back on patrol because they won't take part-time. Oh. So he skinned up this morning, and uh, he's popping in the top to say hi to his old bosses, and maybe we can do a Walsh's lap and hop on the couch because they don't ski on the couch. <laughs> What, if you were to ski patrol, as we were talking about before, what, what mountain would you like to prefer to be on? Uh, or, you know what, Snowmass asked for skiing. <laughs> why, why do you think? Snowmass is cool. They're throwing a lot more bucket bombs. <laughs> dealing with like a big mountain, like steep, gnarly train. You know? Why do you think so many good skiers poo-poo Snowmass? Because it's hard getting around. But that's where you and I grew up skiing. And I think a lot of the reason that I am the way I am as a skier is because of the wall and I was even skiing backside off the wall when I was 16 years old somewhere around then with no gear but I knew what an avalanche was but we were you know just stoked kids skiing the wall what's over there oh dude look it looks sick you think it's gonna slide no I don't think so okay let's do it you know as, as sketchy so as, as sketchy as that is uh, a certain bit of intuition is built with that Absolutely. Right? as long as you're not on insane places 
kind of get to, you see, it just allows you to check an area out to understand snow conditions on an intuitive level and a sensory level as well, instead of just a, you know, a textbook and a video. That's like the number one entry level thing to start doing, you know what I mean? Because all this having here is only to save you if you fucked up and you got an avalanche and you're probably fucking hurt or dead anyways, yeah, you scared. know what I you mean? You don't want to get in that place. Right, so avoiding it is the, the main goal and I think using your instincts like you're saying and being aware is the, the first thing you can do. And then of course knowledge will help those instincts be much better. Skiing on the hill I'm always, you know, like... So I like to ski at level nine. At level level ten is where you get hurt. Yeah. I like to ski at eight or nine, and in the backcountry, um, I've definitely not done as much as you. But for me, it's kind of like a, a three, four, five type of thing. And I know you get out there and get big shots, so you have to understand how to be at that level nine yeah, and me, in the backcountry. I'm fucking. That's when I hit level ten. Is when I'm in the backcountry and the conditions are right because it's so much easier. The snow is so much better. There's no like pressure and like. But it is also harder because you haven't taken 10 runs that day yet and you don't know how the snow feels and you don't have your legs under you and... And you just skinned and maybe have 10 blisters or something like that? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I love doing short skins. That's why I have like a heavier setup with boots that ski really well and a snowmobile if I can get right to the bottom of it. Do a lot of recon. That's part of what makes it fun in the backcountry. It makes you be able to ski something well is to really map out your line and know exactly where what you're gonna do, and then, uh, yeah, hopefully a short, like, 20-minute skin warms you right up, and then you just flash a short line and throw your skins on and do it again. Who do you look up to the most in, in backcountry um, that you've been with or that you're really stunned by their skills and, and feel safest with? Um, I don't know. That's kind of a tough question because it's... Because you're going to go hitchhike on the top for a backcountry partner right now. So you're like, no, no, no. I'm not looking for any random <laughs> I'm one. Lead but rope. I know I Brady know, is going to have his bag up there. My brother has his bag up there. And Palhor, I'm sure, is looking for a partner. And, Which means and in general, so have you are, been out on those trips with people? the people that I trust or just the people that I'm, I'm with. That you understand. That I, that I have had things happen with and have trained with. And so the whole TGR gang, we do this thing every year that I, I just missed, unfortunately because um, of COVID and all the stuff going on, but we train every year together in these scenarios. And then I've had some instances out there with Brady and I had one last year and I got an avalanche. Um, who, Brady who? Brady, my roommate, Brady McNeil. Okay. And then uh, Chase D and I have had a couple things go on and he's one of my most trusted partners for sure. Um, I actually had Chase Millioner on, I believe the first or second gondola cast. Oh dude, he, 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 he lit it up. Yeah, he's got so much to say. He's got so much energy. He's animated. He's uh, kind of how we were talking about on the bell chair of uh, perseverance and keeping the pro skiing thing alive. He could definitely be a pro snowboarder, but he's like too motivated to run his own business and make real money and that's awesome too but i, I kind of give him shit all the time you know what i mean like <laughs> like, like so in the back of your mind good, you're giving all of us shit who decided to go make money <laughs> he's a damn good snowboarder i gotta say he's oh yeah he's really impressive would you uh enjoy the couch enjoy a good couch ride do i enjoy the couch yeah you know the couch is too fucking slow it's like <laughs> It's not that long of a lift, 
if it was a quad, it'd be a fun, quick hot lap, you know, but it takes as long as taking the gondola when there's no lift. So we generally just ski jackpot, burn your legs, and you're at the top almost at the same time. On a powder day, too, you get kind of antsy. On a nice spring day after you just had lunch or something, it's... Yeah, you have to have a beer to ride on bell chair or the couch. On the last gondola cast, <laughs> Kelly Klein rid, uh, rode bell chair for his first time, and he... He thought it was maybe an eight to ten beer chair. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buck Buck Erickson asked him, and uh, that was his response. <laughs> that was pretty good. Kelly or Willie? Kelly. <laughs> Concrete Kelly. Oh my God, that's classic. Do salt boys, dude. Which side of Aspen Mountain do you prefer to go off of when the conditions are right? Um, what are we talking about here? Well, if it, let's say you're just gonna dip off to one of the to one of the sides and like hitchhike down or something like that. Oh, for like backcountry stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not telling. Okay. The answer to that one. Fair enough. <laughs> you know what I like, which is popular enough, but it helps me out. I live at the bottom of Castle Creek Road, uh-huh. and I can just kind of cruise down all the you know meadows, even if I'm alone down little annies just for a little nature escape oh, yeah, yeah, but then just you know super down. safe and and then you know a lot of snowmobile road riding and stuff but yeah. just but fun to get fun. back it's, and the adventure is the best thing about being out in the backcountry you know the adventure and the, the chill like still moments with no tracks and, yeah, it's so on a, in a similar vein isn't it interesting how you know on a day like this right at 8 30 8 45 you see a lot of people chomping at the bit to get out, who have no place being in 10 inches of snow. There's just something about being a part of a culture where everyone is doing something together or the excitement is shared. Yeah, I mean, the energy has always been a part of Ski Town for sure and everyone getting out there and being stoked and hooting and hollering. And It's almost so contagious that even if... Everyone's got a business being in 10 inches of snow. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. What about... What about our folks underneath us right here? Dude, how, how else are they going to learn, man? All right. And it's the enough. softest when you fall. I've fallen three times today. Yeah, you've been going down. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the nice. early season stumbles, you know what I mean? Like, I think I might tighten my heel piece up. A little off balance. I'm hitting rocks. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons to crash out here right now. All right. Uh, what do you think are the most overdone genre of music? in ski and snowboard films. I mean, hip-hop should come back, really. <laughs> so hip-hop would be the most I mean, underutilized used, lately. It used to be, yeah. But it was overdone for a little while. Maybe that's why it is yeah. gone. Yeah, and now it's a lot of uh, like electronic stuff. But I like all of it. I feel like it's, it's, ski movies are such a great place to find music. I almost like every song for me from a good ski movie. I mean, uh, in the early days, Poor Boys Productions and all that stuff, it was a lot of, um, you know, kind of punk band oh, stuff, a lot I of Pennywise and, and Punk's kind of like coming back. There's some new yeah. bands that are making punk that I've heard, like, somebody puts it on, I'm like, oh, dude, is that like no effects? Or what is that? Like, no, dude, it's this new band. <laughs> Probably because it's a whole new blend, right, of those bands that kind of have an electronic background and then go back to a more acoustic and instrument-based and can kind of go in between. I'm not much of a music guy. I wish it was more of one, but my Spotify weekly. You have big ass headphones on. What are you listening to? <laughs> yeah, no, I like my Spotify weekly to keep me bumped up for sure. Like, what are you listening to today on a powder day? Uh, I like songs, and I've got like some electronic, crazy dubstepy 
shit that get, has a lot of energy and that's hip hop flows and can be smooth and stoked. And new music is really like the best. If it's like a new song that you're not gets you pumped up. Because there's sometimes a song hits you just just right that you, you haven't heard that many times before. You haven't heard before, and it hits you right when you're skiing a sick run. And that song like all of a sudden has a place in your heart. You know? Yeah, and it's energizing. Well, it's still snowing. Was it? Is it supposed to still be snowing? We're supposed to get a little bit more today. Maybe some clearing this evening with a little bit of wind, which is going to be a drag, actually, because it's going to fuck the snow up a little. It's going to create wind slabs. And then some sunshine tomorrow, actually. And then maybe Thursday, it's going to be gray and start snowing again. So You know, screw this whole potential future ski patrolling and guiding. I think he could be a, a weatherman. Well, you know what? The whole, that's like... Sure, it was a pleasure. Be safe out there, man. Thank you. Love you much.